Welcome back to another episode of Life Without Instructions. In this episode, Ariane and I spend some time catching up, and then we go way, way back and talk about my past in school and how those moments and those experiences really have shaped my life. Thank you for being here and enjoy the episode. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night, but I have my, like I said, I start every morning exactly the same, whether I got lack of sleep, abundance of sleep, um, tea. I do the echinacea, echinacea tea. It's supposed to be like antiviral in properties and um, it boosts, boosts like your immune system. So I do that with like a little bit of lemon and I do a water. I literally have three glasses every morning. I have tea, water, and then I have my coffee. You're always doing something in the morning. Always, last, always. Last time it was the, the mushroom coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I always uh, – they actually – I read the other day on the mushroom packet that you – or like maybe on the website that they said that there should be maybe a, a week where you take a break from – I don't know why. They didn't explain oh, wow. why. But mm-hmm. there should be a, a week where you go, you go without mushroom, like you take a break from uh, consuming the mushrooms, mm. which I'm not – too sure i need to like look into that research and why that would be Um, toxicity it could be that like a dosing thing Mm. um and uh so yeah so i usually i only have one cup every day like in the morning um but i try to like once a week i try to like get a regular coffee usually that's today i'll go to like phil's you know or Mm -hmm. verve but uh but i didn't i i I didn't have the car because Catherine took it to her mother so Mm-hmm. I uh, I just made myself a coffee anyways. What are you going to do on your last day before you leave? Isn't that crazy? Today's the last day. So, I'm, yeah, I'm leaving to Texas tomorrow morning. We're going to try to get out of here. I want to go to bed at like 9 a.m., maybe 9, or sorry, 9 p.m., 9.30 p.m. So I can get like a full night's rest. And we want to wake up. This is ideal. We want to wake up at like 4.35 and just like literally get out at the crack of dawn so we have the entirety of the day to like get a majority of the driving in and we don't have to drive into the night at all. Mm -hmm. So I would prefer to not drive when it's dark out. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't drive like long distances like this. Um, So I just want to like make sure that I can handle it. Yeah. And obviously we'll switch off every now and again, but but I like doing the driving anyways. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I, I grew up driving a lot, or my dad would drive a lot. Mm-hmm. So we would take trips like all over kind of the west side. Yeah. Drive to California, we'll, we'll go camping, or we'll go to like a, a national park or something like that. Mm-hmm. But my dad would always like drive like a madman, like mm-hmm. he would go fast, and, and he wouldn't like taking a break was like losing so like we wouldn't we wouldn't like stop wow it would be like where's point b uh-huh we're gonna go straight there straight there no breaks no breaks on the thing so i remember growing up where we would be like i was like crammed up in like either like a we had like a van mm-hmm. like a big uh minivan or we had like this truck mm-hmm. and we literally like would be like crammed in there and my mm-hmm. dad would just like drive for yeah. like the whole day yeah and then we would we would get there late wherever we were and then we would mm-hmm. just like kind of whatever we were doing we'd do that yeah but uh yeah so like when i go out and drive 
it's like the same thing now because it's like oh do you seems, have that yeah it just seems like like this past trip that i took up to seattle mm-hmm. i've done that trip a, a couple times and there's a point where it's like it's like i could get a little farther and then it becomes yeah. like a game you know it's uh-huh. like i i try to tell myself to like take a break and you know i do yeah I do take a break but i definitely like you know, it's like, can I get a little farther? Can I get a little farther? And it's uh, and sometimes I gotta slow myself down to kind of enjoy, enjoy the, the scenery or, uh, take take some take my time. Um, so, I I just wanted to tell you to take take your time and yeah. Do you, do you, I was just gonna ask you something. Um, oh, how how long did taking or basically driving to Seattle and back, or how long is the trip? Like one way, I guess. It's about 18 hours if you go okay. like up I-5. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the coast, what I usually do, it's it's maybe like three or four hours extended. Longer. Mm-hmm. Just because you have to drive inland. It's a two-way street. Yeah. Um, and then you're kind of doing like, you know, you're going back and forth hitting corners, mm-hmm. you know, you're all along the coast. Um, but yeah, that one takes about like, I would say upwards to a, a full day. So that's long. Stops. Yeah. 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 Ours is going to be 20. I think it said one day and one to two hours. So it's mm-hmm. just over a day's drive. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny that when you were talking about your dad, I swear a lot of your, your flashbacks sound very similar to mine. Uh-huh. My dad, my dad was very like that, but I, uh, I've never done a drive like this by myself mm. w- with my, like I used to do a lot of drives with my father and, and as a family, as a whole, we had this, uh, bunny, this Bugs Bunny venture van uh-huh. that we used to drive around and do, we did Vegas as a, as a family. Like yeah. that was, I just remember that being so boring <laughs> in the desert. I was like, dude, there is nothing. It's dark out here. It's pitch black. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny that you're, a lot of your stories remind me of, of mine as well. But, uh, but yeah, I'm excited. Anyways, last day in Vegas, cause, uh, my grandma lives there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we used to drive down there and there was literally, we didn't do anything besides like stay in grandma's and eat like mm-hmm. food there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like this really, this really unique place that we used to go when we visited, uh, Las Vegas. It's like this little petting zoo. Mm-hmm. And it's like maybe like an hour or two hours away from the strip. And mm-hmm. it's literally like in the middle of the desert. And like, I just, one of my, that's one of my fond memories. Cause we would always like do that. So mm-hmm. I always would always be like excited to go. And, um, it was weird. It's like you, you would get there and there's like a parking lot. And then there's like this little train that everyone gets on mm-hmm. and then it, it takes you into the desert. And then you're kind of like, and then you you arrive at the park, and it's uh, uh-huh. it's it was really fun growing up, and uh, I remember just kind of going there and petting turtles and stuff. Like yes, that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like the only thing that we did in Vegas because we couldn't go to like I didn't yeah. want to go in the hotels or anything. And you're like a that. kid; it's like yeah, you don't think about like all the grown up stuff that you can do. You're just like, what is there? It, it's 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 lit up. It looks uh-huh. fun, but like in a like as a child, like you just can't do much. Yeah. Um, well, I was I was born in Vegas actually. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. So yeah. we, I was born, or my mom and dad were living there, uh, in their, from the start of mm-hmm. them being together. And, uh, I grew up there until probably like 10, 10 or 11. And then we moved to Seattle. Um, but yeah, it, there's fond memories there. Um, one of my biggest memories uh-huh. in living in Vegas was when I got my bike the first time. So I think I was about five. Uh-huh. And, uh, I got it for, I believe it was my birthday. And I had training wheels on it and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, no one really like, it's like, here, this is how you ride a bike. I just kind of like jumped on it. I remember just kind of like trying to do it. And so I told my mom, I was like, hey, mom, I'm going to go uh, ride my bike uh, around the street. Mm-hmm. She's like, all right, just don't <laughs> pass the mailbox on the left and the right. Okay. So um, <laughs> Two points. You're like, okay, I got it. So I got this little little area where I can ride my bike. Mm-hmm. So I'm like riding my bike and I remember just like for some reason, like, and this is like when I'm really young. So this is like one of the, the, the earliest like or the the longest memory I have and it, it's probably a little different in my head now but uh I remember trying to like I wanted to go farther so <clears throat> I like I started riding my bike down the street and I like went past like two or three mailboxes and I'm going like halfway down the street like we had long streets so I was like yeah. I was kind of far yeah and I remember I was riding it and I needed to go to the bathroom Mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm just learning how to ride my bike and uh and I'm like oh my god I need to I need to take a shit <laughs> I mean this is me talking about now yeah yeah I need yeah. to use the bathroom and yeah. like I I'm just like so far away from home like mm-hmm. I don't think I'm gonna make it mm-hmm. so I like I turn around and I start riding my bike and I couldn't hold it and I literally like I like there was poop coming down my legs <laughs> into my shoes <laughs> As you were riding your bike. As I was, as I was riding my bike because I just couldn't hold it anymore. Yeah. And it and then I got to the house and and like I'm walking my bike up to up the up into the house and, and I have like, you know, shit in my shoes and <laughs> I just remember being so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And like um She's like, What happened? Yeah, it was it was probably like one of the most the it, it's such a like a fun memory for me. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just like, why did I break the rules? Like I could have easily just like stayed in, in between those two mailboxes yep. and just, you know, rode in circles, mm-hmm. went to the bathroom if I needed to. Yeah. So it's just kind of funny how like, uh, just like breaking the rules and then yeah. something like that happening. <laughs> it's, it's funny that when you tell stories, I know when I tell stories about like me and my friends or like, or like parts, specific parts of like, even like something like high school, very long mm-hmm. four year experience. Rarely do you remember every significant moment, mm-hmm. but you, you, I know I, uh, I don't, it may not be everybody, but I specifically will recall the moments where I almost like you almost like something bad almost happened to you mm-hmm. or you almost got like arrested or like the, yeah. the police were here or like we, we got in trouble with these, these, uh, their parents. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's always like very, like something that like was maybe mildly traumatic in yeah. the moment. Yeah. Um, but like it, it, 
it, it's weird. You look back on it and it's not for me. It's like, Oh, like, God, like, like it's, it's sometimes in some ways that it was like, it, it could be like classified as like a low, like it wasn't like mm-hmm. a great experience, but it was something that was like, that was like the definition of that period of time for me. Mm-hmm. Like some, some, it just like, it just reminds me of being like that person, that little kid or that, that high school person. It's interesting how like long-term memory, you start to, to create like maybe just a tad different story every time you tell it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can never like tell the same, the same exact story mm-hmm. when it comes to something that so, so long ago. Yeah. It's just like, you're just kind of like, you're just kind of like reaching into an empty or reaching into like a, 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 a bend and you can't really, uh, you know, pull fully what, what exactly happened in that moment. Mm-hmm. And you just go based off of like, you know, like, just kind of like those bigger moments, those bigger experiences. And then it, yeah. kind, of sh- it kind of shifts a little bit when it comes out. Mm-hmm. So um, what, it, what it, it's so sorry, just to, to, um, to ask real quick yeah. and clarify. Um, so memory, memory is, is it the, the temporal lobe, right? Yes. But I know that when we were talking or uh, I was thinking about like, the obviously like pain being a protective output and mm-hmm. you can get you can get pain from the memory of of pain right in the temporal lobe mm-hmm. um and i thought that that was a super interesting um because then i started to think about what you're saying now which is that like we can have we can theoretically have a memory of like maybe even a bad moment in our lives where we got real hurt and 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 have like maybe either compare or have pain because of that pain in the memory. Referring back to that, that memory. Yeah. Or some of the stimulus that has happened during that, that memory, Mm -hmm. it could cause, it can cause like some sort of like threat increase in in your, in your being. So for example, like back to that one episode of me saving someone's life. So Mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm in like a really bright room, Mm-hmm. it kind of uh it kind of trips me up sometimes and i'll have like i'll start experiencing some pain or something like that and i and i haven't fully kind of uh allowed myself to feel safer in that kind of space i might have to do like certain exercises certain drills inside something like that to kind of calm my nervous system yeah but, uh when i when i was giving that guy cpr i was in like a a pitch white room it was just like it was like a racquetball room <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah i can so, imagine i can imagine that. i think equinox and paul Alto had one maybe yeah so it's like i'm in this environment that like mm-hmm. i had like this very high stress moment so mm-hmm. if i'm like recalling you know that experience and my mm-hmm. my brain is like oh like we're in this like really white room it could be a little bit more threatened by that yeah slip back into that for sure yeah, so that, I mean, back to your point about memory, it's like um, there could be certain things that you can recall and mm-hmm. kind of think about or and or have that conversation in your head that can bring back like some threat. So yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that we do with like being able to like sit with and talk about your your experience could, um, could be a, a form of therapy. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, to wrap back into something or go back to something, um, you were talking a little bit about your kind of your childhood, I guess. And, and I, um, I feel like things like that, like th- I, di- I can't believe I didn't know you were born in Vegas. I guess you've never <laughs> asked where I was born. You wouldn't know. Um, but, but yeah, I guess that would align perfectly with, you know, what our kind of plan was, um, that I'm super interested in, in the, uh, in the kind of chronicles of miles and where you started maybe a, a beginning, a middle. And we know that the end isn't obviously foreseen. The end is still not near. Um, but I would love to get you to talk a little bit more about maybe where, you know, where a lot of this started, um, the very beginning, like the first few chapters, if you're okay with that kind of talking about memory, right? There's Mm -hmm. good memories, bad memories. There's things that trigger things, um, in life. And I think something that comes up is just kind of like, uh, what I'm curious about and fascinated by is like, kind of youth development and how like experiences and certain like things with like for example like your childhood with your your parents and how you Mm -hmm. were raised and then also like how um you know people go through life through like the school system or yeah their environment that they grow up into Uh how that can affect them today I think that stuff is like super fascinating to me. Um, well, in that specific case, hopefully I don't trip up your mindset um, or your train of thought, but yeah. in that, uh, in that space where I guess as a child, what did you, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, one of the first things that I wanted to, to be when I grew up was a shoe designer. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was like... How young were you? uh, I think I started being a little bit more conscious Mm -hmm. um, of of what was going on in the world uh, around like 13 or 14. Okay. So I was like, uh, I just remember like I really enjoyed shoes. And so a lot of my uh, upbringing was like straight up shoes. Like I Mm -hmm. I was a shoe head from like right when I could be like when, mm-hmm. right when I knew that was a possibility. Yeah. Um, I literally like love shoes. This is actually a good story. So, um, or good stuff to talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I remember like I was super into basketball. So that was a big driver into like the shoes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I just really like thought it was like really creative and like you could literally do anything with a shoe so I used to like draw a lot and I would just like draw like Dragon Ball Z characters and Uh like shoes and that was like my notebook (laughs) Dragon Ball Z and then shoes and I just remember like like it it would be it would be fun just even drawing like shoes that like already existed it just kind of it was it was kind of a creative uh a thing for me it funny enough like a lot of my 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 sisters are also like super creative too. So we all like have that kind of uh, direction that we do like kind of being creative and uh, doing some sort of art or stuff like that. So that's kind of where I was, where I was drawing shoes. And then I remember like when I started getting a little older, like my first job was 
at Champ Sports. So mm-hmm. I worked at like a shoe store mm-hmm. for like a couple of years and I and I literally bought shoes like every week. And so <laughs> yeah, so I had like hundreds of hundreds of shoes in and I just kind of like bought and bought and bought and I would sell them and then I would like keep them in the closet and not get them ruined, uh, dead stock them. And then <laughs> I would have like a couple pairs of one shoe. I really enjoyed that. I'm not like that now. Um, I don't have as, that many shoes. Mm-hmm. I kind of got out of the shoe game. And although I although I see that, uh, I hear that and I see it when, like when I was talking to you a little bit about the Vivo Barefoots, when I was interested in buying a new pair, you were uh-huh. like, oh, those ones, like, those are kind of <laughs> cool. Like how, your eye for it is still there, I think. Yeah, I think so. In high school, um, I for my senior year, I won best dressed. Like (laughs) this is like the this is like the the highlight of my 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 uh, outfits and shoes. So Mm -hmm. like I just like have like I had an outfit for every shoe, and like I just try to make it like look good. Um, so that was kind of like in my high school days, and then. When I got out of high school and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I was like, I want to go to college, but I can't really afford it. I applied for financial aid. Still, like every pair of shoes I had, I would sell and I would just like keep the money. Um, and then I used that for like going into college. So it was kind of like a good kind of wow. investment for me. So it Damn. really propelled me into like taking steps into like, you know, my career and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what I wanted to ultimately do. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. I feel like that's, you're fortunate to have a, a hobby through high school that could fund, <laughs> could fund your education later on. Yeah. Sadly, I didn't have that. <laughs> I don't think a lot of kids do. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome, dude. You'd be surprised. I think there's, there, there are a lot of people that uh, make a living off of like selling stuff and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know Catherine was, was like that. Yep. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's not a like bad it. investment because it you can you could sell you could sell a shoe that probably doesn't doesn't really come out anymore, so mm-hmm. like the price goes up. Yeah, that's true. They're almost like collectibles to a certain extent. Yeah, and then before you know it, you like made all your money back and some. Yeah. So uh, yeah, dude, that's wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm like I think that's a hidden talent of mine is, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't do it. I don't do it anymore. Cause I just kind of like buy the things that I truly will keep. But mm-hmm. growing up, it was, it was kind of a hustle. Like it really did. It taught me a lot of life skills, mm-hmm. but it, it, it was a way of like trying to, to somewhat make it in, in my eyes we were making the best of what we could, you know, do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like back to shoes, like it was, uh, it was, it's such a, like a pivotal period of my life that, you know, I, I look back on and I'm like, man, I wonder if I still had like a hundred pairs of shoes <laughs> and if I could still like have that, that uh, style that I used to have. Cause now I don't, I don't really have like, I have like two pairs of shoes and, and I'm colorblind and sometimes <laughs> they don't even match, you know, what yeah. I'm wearing. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a funny story. Like I would, 
I was, I was colorblind. So like, I didn't even know which color the shoes were that I was mm-hmm. buying. And I would mm-hmm. ask like my sister, does this match? Yeah. <laughs> and there'd be, you know, sometimes it would be like, what are you doing? So they would, they would sometimes help me, uh, when getting ready for school. But then I would just have to like, look at the box and be like, what color are these shoes? You know, try to figure it out. Damn. So that was, so that was around 13. You said you lived in Vegas till you were about 10. So you, maybe you were in Seattle at that time when you started. Yeah. Like, yeah. Know, probably and Seattle, Seattle was probably uh, where I started getting into the, the shoes. Mm-hmm. So through, throughout C, I guess your time in Seattle, I guess it sounds like that was maybe the most significant period of your childhood that you were there. Yeah. So I, I left Seattle when I was, um, 27 oh okay oh wow 26 so i spent a lot of my time there yeah um, and i've only been here for about five years so after what what um what college did you go to in in seattle after high school a community college Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i did the same thing here trying to figure out exactly kind of what I wanted to do. I think it was, there was a, there was some, some, uh, motivation Mm -hmm. internally that, you know, wanted me to, you know, try to figure out like how I can, you know, improve my life. Yeah. Make my parents proud. Yeah. Did you have pressures like from your, your mom or your dad or your family about what they maybe wanted you to do? Uh, I think it was, it was good intentions. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, Hey, like you need to like go to school because there's no yeah. other options. Mm-hmm. I think they, they did allow me to like make my own decisions. Yeah. Have that freedom. And, and, and encourage me to like do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great because then it, it didn't really, me doing it was really authentic. It wasn't yeah. like pushing me to like be something that I wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, I'm grateful for that. Like them kind of always telling us about like we we weren't able to uh, go to school and finish and have degrees. Mm-hmm. My sister was the first one to get a degree, mm-hmm. and then I was I'm like the only male in our family. Dad fled uh, Cuba uh-huh. um, with my grandma and grandpa. Started over again in Miami, and my mom's side was also from my my grandpa on my mom's side was from Cuba mm-hmm. and then um my my grandma on my mom's side was Cuban and Puerto Rican mm-hmm. so I'm like 75% Cuban and then 25% Puerto Rican okay so yeah our upbringing we were like kind of the first generation to kind of like you know be able to like be in the United States mm-hmm. uh, get better opportunities freedom and yeah yeah i think a big thing that we were we are lucky to have is like just the chance to like get education Mm -hmm. and then really kind of push our our generation forward Mm -hmm. um so yeah so i always thought like education was education was really hard for me i had a lot of uh issues and like uh, learning disabilities. I was in mm-hmm. special ed um, from the start all the way in through high school. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good story for me to talk about because it's really propelled me to get to where I am. 
in elementary, like I had trouble speaking. I had uh, issues like forming words. I couldn't really speak. I couldn't really uh, learn at, at a good rate because of the the ways that they were doing it in the, in that that school. Yeah, I, I've learned that like I'm a, a definitely a visual learner. Mm-hmm. Um, I use auditory a lot to help me learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but so early on in my in my life, I was always being met with you know there's something wrong with me or mm-hmm. I'm not good enough or like not really fitting in with the the other people in my yeah. in my class because like I was I mean I have no other way to say it but like I was considered like dumb or mm-hmm. like stupid yeah um yeah slower slow you know mm-hmm. slow I used to get that a lot like mm-hmm. um like why why are you not in our classroom like you always leave because yeah. I would have to go to another like class yeah. to kind of get help. So I always felt like really different growing up. And when it was in school, it started becoming like, like I was, yeah, it just felt, it was just really different for me. So like going into middle school, like really kind of having this secret of like, you know, Hey, I can really fit in with you guys. I'm like a normal person, but you know, like, but we never see you in class, you know, like yeah. where, where do you go? Like you show up in the hall, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like no one knows like what class you're in or anything like that. So I would always, I would, I was fortunate to get that, that assistance mm-hmm. um, early on and getting like speech therapy, just trying to figure out like, you know, trying to progress through, through college or through middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. A very, uh, interesting like upbringing for me so I have a lot of like I want to say early on in like trying to figure out what I was trying to do is like I kind of wanted to learn how to help people because uh, I felt like all these people in my life were really trying to help me kind of you know really get to my potential Mm -hmm. Um, you know even though I had a lot of these like roadblocks like they they pushed me you know to be able to like um, to continue to try to like receive education and, and have a, a future. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was some of the people, the people that I can remember that really kind of like had my back. And then, yeah. Uh, one story that I tell a lot of people that I meet, you know, is the story where, where I was, I was about to get out of high school and it was like, you know, we were graduating like everyone's like hey we're going on to this you know i'm gonna go to this college i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna become uh, a lawyer or a doctor or whatever the case might be so it's like a lot of like look at me now look what i'm gonna do and, yeah what i'm gonna become and uh so like i'm, I'm having trouble breathing because it, it kind of amps me up but um so I remember like it was like two weeks before graduation and um, I was I was lucky enough to like receive enough credits to be able to um, graduate and, and I didn't and, yeah and to walk mm-hmm. uh, I never failed a class but my going to school was probably a lot easier for most in mm-hmm. high school uh, because I I would receive a lot of help mm-hmm. um, 
I'm grateful for that. But it really kind of put me back when I when I left high school, and it, it you, I could tell that like there was a lot that I needed to like really get up to speed. But besides that, it was like two two weeks before graduation. There was this main hall that we used to have, and they had a board, um, and it had uh, kind of the United States and uh, kind of the rest of the world, like it was like a world map, mm-hmm. and everyone that was graduating um, got to put like a little uh, sticky, sticky or not a, a thumbtack on where they were going to college. Mm-hmm. So like everyone from our 2007, you know, put themselves on the wall, you know, people are going here, people are going there, you know, it's just like, wow, like everyone's doing something. And then on the very far right, there was, post it saying workforce and it was just like in bold letters off to the side no one really looked at it there's one name under it miles and And you didn't put that someone put that there someone put that there Uh so i was the only one on that list and it was my name Mm -hmm. and literally like i never told anyone what i was doing Uh, i never i never shared that because i didn't know but I think it, it really hurt in the moment because I felt like I was, I was put into this box of like what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. They just assumed that, you know, he's just going to go to the workforce. Yeah. He's Hispanic, you know, mm-hmm. he, he has facial hair, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has like a little mustache or something <laughs> like that. Uh, so what I, what I end up doing is I grabbed everything on that wall and I yeah. ripped it off and threw it on the floor. Wow. And I got in trouble. Yeah. But my, my argument was how can you like, how could you like just put that up there for everyone to see? Yeah. And like without asking in. or yeah. Yeah. And, and just kind of like, it just, it just hurt. It just hurt mm-hmm. because I think it, it really kind of hit my nerves and triggered me because yeah, I did have issues like learning and um, I did have issues like going through school. Uh, but to say that like I wasn't going to college or I wasn't capable of going to college or even ask me, I mean, there's a lot of things that come came up for me back then, but it just really motivated me to like really try to like push past these like, these expectations or these, this, this box that I was put in. Mm-hmm. So I remember like that kind of fueled me. It was kind of like spite. It was a little spiteful. Like, Hey, like, you know what? Like I'm going to, I'm going to go to college and I'm yeah. going to get a degree. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to like, I'm really going to, whatever I decide to do, I'm going to do it like 100%. I think back to kind of some of our older episodes, like I want to be able to like have that mm-hmm. um, cause it's, it's really rewarding to like help people and like have, have like this, uh, this, this thing that I can really feel that I'm making a difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So anyways, um, another, another note to that is like I applied to go to community college I took all the tests to get into the college and I was literally in like 
first year, like high school level, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So within that, that first year of going to a community college doing like high school stuff, Mm -hmm. it took me a year to get to college level, Mm -hmm. but I did it. So I took, I paid for a year just to, just to be able to get a college credit. I remember those tests. I remember those tests being like petrifying. (laughs) I was was totally just like brought back to like star testing or like those cardboard testing. Yeah. Oh, sitting into the room. You're like awful. You had to sign up a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks before you had to sit into sit in a room for like four or five hours and take Mm -hmm. all these tests. Yep. And like, I, I mean, there were some, I was really good at math, so Mm -hmm. I didn't really need to like test into math. Mm-hmm. I was college level in in math, but like mm-hmm. reading, writing, um, some like, like social sciences or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I didn't know these types of things. I just didn't know how to like interact with like these tests and, yeah. and or like, I mean, that's a whole nother like episode, but mm-hmm. um, I tested, you know, high school level and uh, and even some below that. And, and I, I just, I just put my head into the ground and I, and I really worked hard on like trying to prove these people wrong. Like I didn't wake up every day and be like, I'm going to prove them wrong. But -hmm. I think it was embedded in me that, Hey, like there are a lot of people in my life that have put these expectations that I was going to be, I wasn't going to be anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was, I was just this, you know, I was mm-hmm. just that. And so it really pushed me to like get to college level, get my AA, um, and then get my four year. I know <laughs> deep down if I wanted to get anything beyond that, I could, mm-hmm. I had the confidence to be like, you know, I can learn, I can, I can have these, these opinions, these, these thoughts, be able to like work through situations and have skills from a school school perspective. Mm-hmm. So that was like really propelled me into my future. And then that's when I started getting into like human body work, um, anatomy and like, um, you know, basic like strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. learning how like that worked. And then I started going into like neuroscience and understanding that stuff. So I literally like, I just, I learn all the time. Like I'm literally listening to something, reading something, looking at new research and or like listening to um, certifications on the, on like a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause it really fuels me to like feel, I feel, I feel more and more confident and more and more curious on what I could like really understand and then also be helpful for someone else and maybe giving them some sort of information or (laughs) guiding them through some sort of process that, you know, people in my past that, you know, took the time to do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was just about to say the miles that when you were kind of wrapping up and saying that, uh, that you had the confidence to maybe if you wanted to get a master's or PhD or whatever, Mm -hmm. if you, if those were your, something you set out to do that you would and could do Mm -hmm. that, because Mm -hmm. I feel like the miles that I met, um, was, the miles that, I mean, I mean, I always classify you or I think when I think about your name or who you are as a person, it's like the person who's always learning that describes sometimes will help describe neuroscience to me when I'm stumped. Um, and, uh, and you're a phenomenal coach and 
teacher. So I, you know, I, I, you know, whatever pushed you and propelled you early on really, you know, made a difference. It helped. I think these stories I wouldn't take back. Like I, I wouldn't want to do it any other way Mm -hmm. because it really helped me understand like maybe a, a bigger picture of like people like back to what I talked about. Like, I'm just super curious on like how we develop as, as humans Mm-hmm. And like how there are ways that people can learn better and more importantly like there's nothing wrong with us like mm-hmm. you know I went through like like a big portion of my life thinking that like I wasn't good enough and you know some of those things come back today like it's normal that those things come up having those experiences um, you know were hard but they also helped shape me made me feel a little bit more confident, you know, me navigating through life. One, one quote that I, I, I kind of live by that I used to use for like some of my, my coaching or, and, or like my business, like I used to have it on the back of my business card and it was like, never doubt yourself. It definitely uh, had put a lot of pressure on me because I did doubt myself. I did let <laughs> like a lot of these things kind of keep me in this box early on. I didn't really I didn't, I wasn't confident enough to be like, Hey, like, I don't need to, I don't need to doubt myself. I am capable. I am capable to do anything that I set myself to. Um, it just requires work. It requires Mm -hmm. focus. Um, it requires like empathy for yourself that, you know, whatever path that I take, I can get to where I want to go. It just, Mm -hmm my my path is probably a little bit more unique um than anyone else you know everyone has like a unique way that they they go through life there's no like one way of doing things or a right way of doing things just kind of walking that path is ultimately um what will help you kind of figure out what you want to do and how you want to you know what you want to do with your life yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, sh- I share your perspective and I also, I think it might have, it also maybe comes back to, um, who our fathers and our mothers are and the lineage mm-hmm. that we have and the culture that we have. Um, because my dad is Spanish too. It's, it's like, uh, it's almost like from their perspective, it's like, Oh, all you have to, all you have to do is work and then you get what you, you maybe get to get what you want Mm -hmm. where in other countries you don't have that opportunity it's like oh no you're always going to be in this same area you don't have you don't get to work to get there you Mm -hmm. can't get there there's no road Mm -hmm. yeah so i think that that it's a funny thing to where you know everybody has a different way of thinking about it Mm -hmm. um some people see work as like is like a you know something that keeps them from where they need to be and some people see it as like oh all you have to do is work and then you get it like, you know, then I'm sign me up. I'm willing to work kind of thing, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I appreciate you talking about what made you, you know, what made you, you and, uh, what you got you here, because I definitely appreciate the person that I know now. Thanks. 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 <laughs> Being going through the educational system and, and then having all these types of feelings, uh, with going through those things and then, and then realizing that like, uh, I have the control. I have ability to like make choice and um, and craft, you know, what I really want to do. Because I, I think early on, like I did struggle with like what I, what I actually wanted to do. 
because mm-hmm. there's just so much out there. Mm-hmm. And I was being told <laughs> that like this makes more money. Do this, do that. Like mm-hmm. um, this is the most secure, stable thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really like a lot of pressure because I'm not interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> like why would I have to do that for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really, uh, I was really like drawn to like other things that people weren't saying that mm-hmm. was, was possible. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and who knows? Maybe one day, when uh, miles above fitness takes off and you blow <laughs> up, and you're just like, "Wow, this thing is really just like set in sail." You're like, "Maybe I have a shoe line that comes out, <laughs> miles, uh, some type of miles 2.0 shoes." I, I already blew up. I'm happy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm happy. Yep. You know, I'm. I there's many people that I've been able to like be with them through their process, and mm-hmm. like, and I'm so welcoming to like more people but i do feel super rewarded with like where i'm at today and yeah maybe it's maybe i need to like spend a little more time kind of mm-hmm. reflecting on that um but yeah i'm in a good place and yeah. i think the continuing to learn and and uh, you know meet new people and and kind of i i i use I use the imagery of like sparking the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not, I'm, I don't want to be selfish in, in thinking that like I can change or help anyone, but it, it's super rewarding to kind of like, you know, work with people and, and hopefully like spark their brain into like making like choices better themselves and, and giving them the information, the ideal path, into kind of achieving these things <clears throat> is, you know, super fun for me because I did that for so long in my life. And, uh, and I just want to be like, I kind of want to give back, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or step into that role of, you know, helping. I mean, th- I mean, like I said, th- and there's parts uh, about what we've talked about before that you've even mentioned, like, you know, like you sa- you've said before, I think on a couple of the podcasts that, you can be the wisest person in the world and, and be sitting under a tree type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like living under a tree. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that is, it's, it's definitely, it's hard for a lot of people to get to. Um, mm-hmm. But I think early for, for being early in our lives um, or young in a way that we uh, are able to just be super grateful and also find success in something other than f- like finances and, mm-hmm. and, and have this number where it's like, oh, when I get this number, the, the, these many zeros in the bank, then I'll I'll be happy then. Yeah. You know, there you um, I think it's a big it's a big thing to come to that realization early on. Yeah. Well, thank you again for sharing the chronicles of Miles. I appreciate <laughs> it so much. I know all uh, all the people that listening or will, that will listen are going to appreciate it too. Just to kind of end the podcast today. Um, Never doubt yourself. Never doubt yourself. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Life Without Instructions with Miles Sanchez and Ariane Soltero. We do really appreciate everything and all the support that we're getting. If you want to subscribe, leave a comment, give us some type of feedback, we really appreciate it. And um, we just love doing what we're doing and we're going to continue doing it. So again, thanks so much and we'll see you next time.